What's up, guys? Welcome back to yet another episode of the For the Berg Podcast, episode 25 here today. And just like the first 24, I'm your host, Ron Gaeta. My guests today sing songs such as Turn Out the Lights, Asian Hooker, Glory Hole, Going in the Back Door, Always Gonna Be a Ho, Death to All But Metal, and of course, Community Property. He's the lead singer of the band Steel Panther. Michael Starr is on the show today. Michael quickly runs through every Steel Panther album and gives us his favorite song from each record and a lot more in this one. Also, be sure to check out their upcoming drive-in show dates this weekend, September 11th and September 12th, if you're in the Pittsburgh and Scranton, PA areas. Enjoy, guys. Nope. Mr. Pop. All right, guys, today I have the lead singer of Steel Panther, Michael Starr. What's going on, man? Thanks for being on the show. Hmm. Shameless plug. No, I'm doing good, man. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Great to be here. Yeah, you're good. Um, I actually, actually do drink these because I like them, and I get cases of them over and over shipped to my house. So I drink, I drink like three or four of these a day. I don't think I've slept in about a month. Nice. Usually I just do audio with these, but I will post this for you so I can, we, we, can, we can tag them and do all that. <laughs> um, Sounds good. So where we start these normally, just get into some of your uh, just earlier musical influences, when you knew you wanted to play music for a living or when you found, like, when you knew that was an actual possibility? Uh, well, for me, man, I think for me, when I was probably about 12 or 13, I realized that I wanted to play guitar. Prior to that, I wanted to be a singer. But I, my brother had a band, and I really liked going down and watching them rehearse. And I was able to, like, when my brother was at school, or out with his friends, I would open up his case, plug in his SG, and start and turn on his Marshalls and play. And the one song I knew, I know it sounds so cliche, but it was Smoke on the Water, first one. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, before we get into some of the, uh, the, the Pittsburgh stuff and the drive-in show stuff, I, just, I do normal, like a little album run-through with most of the guys on the show. Just a small little uh, story about the recording process of each album, and then just your personal favorite song from each, if that's cool. Sure. Yeah, Let's awesome. Rock it. Yeah, we'll start here with the uh, the debut, Feel the Steel. Dude, you have no idea. Like that, first of all, that record started out as an idea, obviously. But it was before we were signed, we came up with the idea that we should just start recording our own songs, right? Because we couldn't get a deal. So we're like, all right, fuck it, we'll do it ourselves. So we started recording with this guy. His name was Jay Rustin. His name is still Jay Rustin, actually. <laughs> and... uh we started, I heard a demo from a guy I used to work out with. His band did a demo with him and I heard it. And the mix he did for those guys was so killer. I was like, we should, we should record with this guy, right? So we eventually, Steel Panther, we got together with him and we started pitching in our own money to put towards it. And we started recording, uh, I think we started Death Album Metal, Fat Girl, Asian Hooker, and Community Properties. Those are the first four songs. Were, I think that's the first four we recorded with him. And shortly after that, we got signed. And uh, so we 
while we're doing our weekly shows, we had like three or four show, shows a week that we we're doing. We were going in and recording, you know, on our off days or whatever. And, but once we got signed, we're like, man, we got to fuck, we got to finish it. So yeah. we started recording the rest of the songs. And I would have to say that I'll never forget being in the studio and Satchel is, uh, we're in the studio at Jay's studio and Satchel's got an acoustic and he sits down and he says, hey, what do you think of this tune? And it's an idea that I had. And he plays me community property, like the verse and chorus. Word, all the words already written and the chorus <laughs> and the hook, the whole thing. And I'm like, oh shit, dude, that's fucking awesome. Like it was, that was a cool moment, man. I, I mean, to think that years, you know, 11 years down the road after recording it, it would be a song that's, you know, it's a pretty big part of our, we play it at every show. Yeah, for sure. Like, Is that what, what the, would you say that's your favorite song off that album then? Well, that's the thing about favorites. <laughs> you know, it, it's really hard to say that would be my all-time favorite song off the whole record because that would leave out Turn Out the Lights, which is one of my favorite songs too. Um, I remember when we first started playing that live, I felt so bad because, you know, you, when you're singing that song to people in the audience, for, first of all, singing any song to the audience, I usually gravitate towards singing the chicks, especially if right. they're hot. So if you start singing Turn Out the Lights to a girl, they might think that you're meaning for any guy that's with them to turn out the lights. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like, it was, it was a rough thing to do, but the turning point and why it could be the favorite song is playing live. You know, you start singing them lyrics to girls. At first it was awkward. And after a while they're singing them with you. So. Right. <laughs> that, that would you know, definitely be a hard one to pick, to pick a favorite song <laughs> off of, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's so many, but I, I think if I were to pick a song that stood out as my favorite moment, I would probably say that would be Community Property, because it really it was a really good killer experience to hear that yeah. come out of somebody's body that's in your band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. Next one here, Balls Out. Yep, that was a different different little style of recording for that one because, and when I say style, I mean. I guess that would be a nice way of putting it. It's kind of like the style and environment was different for us. We already had a record out. We had toured the world. We've had all these new experiences. And also we had the record label involved. The first record, we just did whatever we wanted to do. We recorded whatever we wanted. Mm -hmm. And then we picked whatever songs we wanted to go on the record. And the only thing the label did, we picked the artwork too. The only thing the label did is put all of it together for us and then picked the single. Nice. That was it. And they helped us uh, title the, the first record. Hmm. Um, the second one, we titled the record, we did the cover, and we basically picked the songs, but they were slightly involved and more invested in the project. So we had like A&R meetings where we'd sit down with them and we'd play our songs for them. And uh, that, was, <laughs> that, was, that was a different process for us because we actually you know, we joined that big machine and now we're a part of it and it was a little different. But uh, thankfully, our guitar player, Satchel, he said, fuck that, we'll do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, man. You know, I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea. He's like, fuck yeah, it's a good idea. Like, okay, fuck. <laughs> and, uh, and like always, you know, we always like seem to come together with the right decision. You know, no matter what happens, no matter how we arrived to the actual final decision, but recording it was uh, 
it was a fun process because we felt like we were we had the ball teed up and we're just getting ready to hit it and hit a home run. Nice. And I think we did. The second record was great. And I, I would have to say one of my favorite songs off that record would probably be Tiger Woods. Awesome. I uh, really like that song. And I like the verse part of it because it reminds me of Rat out of the cellar. Nice. Uh, next one here, All You Can Eat. All You Can Eat. Uh, that was a really fun recording process. We did some of that on the road. I sang a lot of the lyrics on the bus mm-hmm. with a mic, you know, and the guys were in the lounge and I was in the the, uh, the galley where the bunks are. And uh, we set up the vocal mic and we did a lot of the vocals there. And then we also did all the background. So we got a bunch of the road crew on that record. That was a really fun process. And I would have to say probably the most exciting song to record on that one that turned out to be favorite that I didn't think would be was, uh, oh God, I was going to say The Burden Being Wonderful, but I don't know. I'm going to have to go back to Glory Hole. Awesome. <laughs> I associate Glory Hole with like so many experiences on stage, you know? That's awesome. We only got two more left, though, and then we can get into some other stuff here. Next one, uh, Lower the Bar. Ooh, Lower the Bar. Lower the Bar was a fun one. We recorded that uh, in between tours as usual because that's basically all we can do. I mean, we basically work when we're home and we work when we're on the road. So uh, we recorded that one. And I would, and also, by the way, we recorded like four songs from uh, Lower the Bar a year, like six or seven months prior to recording the rest of the songs. Mm-hmm. And we recorded... Uh, some of the, the lyrics for Now the Fun Starts in Russia, because we were like under the gun. We had to get this thing out at a certain time to, to uh, go along with our promotional tour. So we were like struggling to get it out. We rushed and rushed. And you think that, you know, like you hear Led Zeppelin put out two records in one year, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how the fuck they ever did that. That's crazy. It must not have been fucking a lot of bitches. <laughs> but, you know, I would say uh, for me, uh, Wrong Side of the Tracks. Awesome. Is uh, one of my favorite songs on that record. Nice. The uh, most recent here, uh, just released, I think, last year, Heavy Metal Rules. Uh, Heavy Metal Rules was uh, probably the hardest record we ever recorded. Uh, and not musically. Satchel writes music. That's He just writes music while he's sleeping, basically. He's always writing music. So that part is never really a struggle for us. But uh, it was a struggle for for myself personally, because I ended up having some vocal issues. I had like this note on my voice that I got from singing when I was sick or something. And uh, so, we're, but I didn't realize I had it until we mm-hmm. started recording the vocals for the record. So here's what normally happens. Satch will send me over demos. And before we still go in and record them for real, I'll record them here at my studio at the house and just get, you know, used to singing them and, so I sang all the demos and then we went in to sing the real tracks for the actual recording. And we know I got through about almost, almost all of them. And we realized there's a weird tone in my voice. We were mixing them. And uh, so I went and had my voice checked out. Doctor said I had nose on it. So I had to take a break for like a month. And then we went and re-recorded all the vocals for it. Then they accidentally got erased because Lexi fucked up. Then I went back in and re-recorded them all again. So wow. that was a pretty gnarly. But I'll tell you, it was a great process. First time I ever really got to sing 
songs that many times before I recorded them, except for our first record. And I would say that my favorite song on that record would be God's a Pussy. Nice. Uh, so the show is called For the Berg, based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania here. Uh, we'll get to some of the driving stuff, but do you have uh, like any favorite venues or show memories, anything like that, places you guys would go out while on tour uh, in Pittsburgh? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we always play the American Eagle place. Stage AE, yep. I wore those shorts all the time. <laughs> there you go. Nice. <laughs> right by the stadiums down there. That's great, man. That's a, that's one, that's a good good experience place for us because we you know we played a couple places in pittsburgh before that was built mm-hmm. and once that was built you know we went in there and was like holy this is the best theater ever it's a, it's a great venue to play and you know we've always had a goal is to be able to play in the summer and open the back up yeah it's, right? it's pretty That's cool out there in the back yeah yeah because our buddies in pop roach did it and we're like we want to do that yeah. <laughs> you know do you know what the term uh, jagoff means by chance? Uh, well, yeah, because I'm from Chicago. So, you know, it's ironic. You know, kids nowadays, they don't really know what fuck means when, when you're nine or ten. You just like right. say it. You think it's cool because your brother's saying it, right? Yep. So jagoff, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's uh, in other places but Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh term for asshole, dickhead, whatever. Uh, I ask everybody on the show. Um, it's totally up to you how you want to answer it. I, I don't care how, how you answer them. I'm kind of batting 500 on this one. But just being in a bigger band, touring all over the world, meeting a bunch of famous people. Anybody that you were excited to meet that just turned out to be a Jagoff? Ooh, that's a good question. God, you know, it's, I've been home for so long that I feel like an imposter right now. You know, because I'm talking about things that I did like last year. Right. Right. Um, God, you know, I mean, the thing about show business, man, for real, and I'm not like trying to avoid the question, but people usually put on their best front when they're meeting people for the first time. Yeah. Unless, I'll tell you, okay, when I met David Lee Roth, he wasn't an asshole or a jagoff. He was just fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. I really thought, like, I was going to meet David Lee Roth and we were going to talk about some real shit. Like, I was going to meet David Lee Roth, right? Right. When I met him and, and he started talking to me, I was like, I'm not interviewing <laughs> you. I just, I'm here to talk to you as a human. But it was still, it was like, it was great to sit and talk with him and hear him tell me just like the guy can talk kind of like, I guess I'm doing too. Right. <laughs> I met Gavin Rosdale, mm-hmm. you know, the singer from Bush. Right. Right. And, uh, I thought he was going to be a jag off for real, but he and wasn't. I fucking saw him. Yeah, he's so good looking. He's all <laughs> tan. He's got fucking six pack. He's dressed killer. He's married to a super hot chick. And I walk up to him at the airport in Australia. I'm like, hey, Gavin. He's like, hey, mate, really nice to meet you. I love your band. I was like, what? What? <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. Jag off diverted. Yep. I've had a couple of those here where the guys turn it. They're like, you know what? Here's a guy I thought was going to be a dick, but wasn't a jag off. So that's, that's a good and answer. Then, hey, and then how about the guys that you just see? You could call him a jag off, but I never, I tried to meet Dave Mustaine. Like mm-hmm. literally. He was and, already an answer on my show. <laughs> but I, I never really had an interaction with him. I right. couldn't even say hi to him. He just ignored me. Well, there you go. Well, that's, so that's a good answer. Like, hey. <laughs> I've had, I've had Gene Simmons from kiss. People said him. I mean, I've, I've had a bunch of those guys that kind of the safe answer where everyone knows, like it's just out there in the world that they're dickheads, but those are the safe answers people give. <laughs> so I know you guys have a couple of driving shows coming here. Uh, one in Pittsburgh on Friday, September oh, 11th. We do. 
Yeah. And then uh, the next day, September 12th in Scranton, PA. Have you guys ever done anything like that before? Or uh, what, what can we expect from a Steel Panther drive-in show? Because I know your show's usually pretty interactive with the crowd and the girls on stage, stuff like that. So what, what can we expect from th- these shows here? Man, that's a good question. Uh, you know, it's a good question for me to, to really dive into because I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, all I know is we're going to go fucking rock some balls and some vaginas. Hell yeah. How we do it six feet apart is going to be different for us, right? Right. Cars. I don't, fuck, I don't know, dude. Hopefully we'll see a lot of titties. From I was going to say, maybe not titties on stage, but girls on top of their cars with the titties, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I would predict that we'll probably get some people, some girls to make out with each other. But, you know, the thing is, you got to keep it to one orgy at a time. You have to right. stay in one car. <laughs> One so, car, not more than four or five people at a time, you know. Right. But what you do in your car is your business, right? That's, that's true. I don't so think there's quarantine rules for that. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of fan questions here and then uh, let you be on your way, buddy. First here, um, somebody asked, how did Steel Panther end up as a poster on Rigby's wall on the regular show on Cartoon Network? Did you know about that? Yeah, I knew about it, but I didn't know why. It just ended oh, up there, <laughs> you know, which is really cool. I think, yeah, I awesome. think somebody, somebody was a fan and and put it up and that was rad people sent it to me i was like that's so cool <laughs> that's awesome next year what was it like recording the opening theme for uh like the robot chicken special on uh, cartoon network uh it was really rad i did it right here oh really nice yeah and you know what i went to look for it and because i want to hear it again and i mm-hmm. can't find it so i looked i tried looking it, for it today too and couldn't find it really <laughs> yeah i was trying to look for it to, to listen to that too but uh, i knew it i knew you, you did it but i wanted to to have it and listen to it again before we talk. I, I couldn't find it. I think it, it was like a, a special. That's what it was. Yeah. Right. So I went through like the fourth season to try and look for it. I, and I don't remember what year I recorded it. <laughs> oh, I probably have it. No, I'm sure it's you have it. You got it. Now I'm on logic. <laughs> right. Oh, all right. Uh, next one here. If your band could tour with just one other band for the rest of your career, who would that band be and why? Oh God. Probably. Uh, oh, that's a great question, dude. <laughs> Def Lever was really fun to play with. Nice. That was a that was a fun tour, and they taught us a lot, and they're really nice guys. That that was fun. Um, but fuck, I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I would my first answer would be Def Leppard. Awesome. Um, do you? That would anybody, be a big tour, right? That'd be a stadium tour. Oh hell yeah, it would be for sure. Um, do you or anybody in the band have any kind of weird superstitious pre-show activities or uh, rituals or anything like that before hitting the stage? Uh, not nothing crazy. Like mm-hmm. the only thing that we really do that's really important to us is we kick everyone out of the backstage dressing room area and we shut the door and we all get together and we meet up and we just check in with one another. And then once that's done, we say, ready, let's go fucking rock, break, like a huddle, and we go out and do the shit. Nice. Um, City with the, 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 the best onstage uh, interactive with all the girls and all the, all the, the titties, everything. What, what was the best city for, for that in, in America? In America? Yeah. God, that's a good one. Because I know you guys have have been all over the world, but. Well, yeah, no, the first one I thought about was France, but I'll I'll tell you about LA is where it all started. Okay. So for us, that will always remain the craziest (laughs) star studded fucking shit that ever happened. I mean, you can't, can't really write it when you have Tony Romo. Fucking Jessica Simpson, Kelly Clarkson, <laughs> fucking Quentin Tarantino, and two chicks eating each other out. 
Yeah, no, you can't beat that. You can't, you can't beat it. No, dude. you can't beat that. <laughs> That's awesome. Is there anything you want to say or uh, plug or anything like that before we get off here? Uh, well, you know, you can go to my Instagram. It's uh, Michael Starr with two R's. Awesome. Or is it three R's? I don't know. But it's verified. I'll, 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 I'll put it on the, the show uh, notes and all that kind of stuff whenever I put this up too. But <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. That's that's my plug. And then, and just remember, man, have your metal rules, and we're not going anywhere. Oh, awesome. and by the way, I'm gonna plug this new record that we're working on. None of the songs have anything to do with quarantine or COVID nineteen. Good. All right. <laughs> There've been a lot of them out there, and a lot of them aren't that good. So that's that's good. Awesome. I appreciate it, buddy. All right, dude. Take care. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Bye. Nope. <laughs> Mr. Pop.